Well, Embiid is playing at an MVP caliber the last this season, the reigning MVP from last season back at it again this season, but he's got to play in a certain amount of games and he's in danger of missing that threshold. So he was out there last night against the Warriors and then he gets injured in the final minute of the game is chasing the MVP costing Joel Embiid. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to save money when you bundle your auto policy with home, condo, or renters. You'll earn a multi-policy discount. Easy to bundle, easy to save. Visit Progressive.com. Jonathan Zaslow in tonight yeah. for Ian Fitzsimmons at Zaslow Show. That is, that is you and that is That's how you me find him me amber wilson at amber w sports that's how you find me uh, nba is on espn radio tomorrow night instead of amber and ian you've got lakers at celtics coverage begins here at 7 p.m eastern on saturday lakers at knicks coverage begins here on espn radio at 8 p.m eastern Joel i just went through the says, last 10 minutes by the way telling you the lakers stink but make sure you listen tomorrow night espn radio <laughs> lakers make well sure. i was hoping you weren't going to bring that up again in the same segment that i just did a promo <laughs> for those games it's Okay. There's pl- plenty to listen to. It's still a lot of juice LeBron to it. James. Make sure you listen. There's still LeBron James out there at the end of the day. He's uh, subtweeting. It's the LeBron's world. We're all living in it. Joel Embiid, though, he injured his knee in that final minute of the 76ers. Yeah, 119-107 loss to Golden State. I did. So here's the thing. is people. This is the left knee, which he's been dealing with left knee snow- soreness. And we know that's, you know, air quotes, why he missed time and why he didn't play against Jokic. And then he goes out there. He's playing in this game. He was questionable for this game when you and I were on air last night. Mm-hmm. He ends up playing in this thing. And then he gets injured. But the thing is... He gets injured by being stripped from Jonathan Kaminga with contact. He gets injured because it's basketball and bodies slam into each other and sometimes things happened. It didn't felt like it didn't feel like he got injured like he was running down the court by himself and he re-injured the same knee or something. Right. It, it wouldn't matter if he was a hundred percent healthy, if it was the first game of the season. Like Kaminga dove on the ground onto Embiid's leg. Mm-hmm. It was a dangerous play. I hate that play. I'm not saying he's a dirty player, but I, I do wish in that spot where we dive on the ground for the ball wherever it is, you know, it's not like that dirty move that you that, you know that you see the player actually lean into the player who's standing into his legs when he's going to dive on the ball. That's a very dirty play. That's not what this is. I just think it was careless. Essentially, you can't be diving. I understand it's a loose ball. We like to show hustle. I don't like diving onto the player's leg like he did yesterday. That's why Embiid got hurt, not because he's being forced to play to meet a 65-game threshold. No one's forcing any of these players to play in games. They're not losing money. They have their contracts. They signed the contract. You could play zero games, and you're still getting every single zero that's on that contract. You're getting all the money. But we're talking about awards here. And if you want the awards, then you know what? The other night, instead of walking out there when you're in Denver and waving to the crowd in your street clothes and blowing kisses, you suit up and play. God forbid you actually do your job and you play the sport that you're being played to play. It's it's insane to me that we're acting like asking no these guys to actually problem. play in the 82 games that are scheduled for the season that they get paid to it's play in that somehow we are harming them by asking them to play. But that is it's the inhumane. attitude. And I'm not one. I'm not one here that, you know, Zaz, like I'm not one that's slamming my fist in old school and back in my day, everybody was tougher. I'm not that person. But I do think it's absurd from 
a, a product standpoint, because you have to care about the customer. You have to care about the product you're putting out they there. They don't care. This is a superstar-driven league, and there's some disconnect between what the NBA needs to be concerned about, which is, in fact, losing revenue here, and what the player is concerned about, because they don't seem to understand that you're harming the overall sport if none of you guys are going to be out there playing the 82. And if that's the case, then give up some of the damn money and shorten the season. And none of them are willing to do that all of a sudden. But take a listen to Draymond Green, the Warriors forward. He was on his podcast, The Volume, and he went off about what happened to Joel Embiid. Joel playing tonight felt very much so because of the 65-game limit. Well, I think it's actually quite bullshit. Guys didn't face those rules before, but those same NBA, all NBA teams, those same MVP awards lists, uh, defensive player of the year, those lists are the same. I once lost a defensive player of the year award to Kawhi Leonard, and I think he played 51 games. In turn, you get Joel, who comes out there tonight, and he forces it. And freak play with him and uh, J.K. diving for the ball, but... Maybe it's not as bad if the knee isn't already banged up. I don't really bang with it. And now we got one of our premier faces in this league, the MVP of our league, possibly hurt for an extended period of time because he's forcing it. But what are you forcing? You're forcing it because you want to win the MVP. Nobody's making you force it. First of all, if you're injured, don't play. It's pretty simple. And if you suffer a lot of injuries or there are extensive injuries in a season, you ain't going to be eligible for the MVP because you didn't play enough of the season. That's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Life is tough, Buttercup. That's just the way that it is. Better luck next year. Get out there for as many as you can. But Zazlo, us asking these guys to play in 65 of 82, we're, we're, giving, we're giving them 17 days off. It's a like, joke. That's not enough. How, it's a joke. how many games are we supposed to give them off from their it's damn a joke. season? It's a joke. Part of being a superstar is not just playing when you're 100%. Part of being a superstar is playing through an 82-game season. Obviously, you're going to miss games here and there. Part of being what separates you as a superstar from just regular dudes in the NBA is being able to play through the grind of an 82-game season and being able to perform at a high level through that grind of an 82-game season. That's what separates a superstar player and just a regular dude. Now, Joel Embiid, he got hurt because Buddy dove onto his leg. He didn't get hurt running up and down the floor and tweaked something because he came back too early. And by the way, Draymond Green, who we now know doesn't bang with the 65-game rule, Draymond Green sitting in front of a microphone apparently knows better than the team's medical staff, who you know wants to protect the player in the team's interest, the team's medical staff that cleared him, and Joel Embiid, who said he was fine. And by the way, if I could just add, like, uh, Draymond Green saying that he lost out a Defensive Player of the Year award in the past. Guys didn't have to abide by these rules in the past. Number one, Draymond, can you be any more tone deaf? Guys didn't have to abide by that rule in the past because they played. They weren't forced to play. The rule was instituted because you guys, there's two things the NBA player loves more than anything else, complaining and not playing. And that's why this rule was instituted, and guys in the past didn't have to abide by it. And by the way, Kawhi Leonard, the two years that Kawhi Leonard won the Defensive Player of the Year back-to-back, 
He didn't play 51 games. He played 64 and 72. Okay. Okay. I have no problem with them not wanting to play all 82. Just get back some of the damn money then. Because the whole problem here is that every dollar of your contract is guaranteed, and that's why y'all have chosen to sit on the bench so much. Let's be honest. If it was hitting you in the pocket, all of a sudden you guys would be out there. But it doesn't hit you in the pocket because it's a guaranteed money sport. So you're still getting paid, and you're choosing choosing not to play load management is a choice a lot of the time again we're not discussing whether somebody should be out there playing when they're actually injured then just don't get out there and play when you're actually injured but there has been a pattern in this league of dudes choosing not to play we even have a term for it and it's called load management because it's that prevalent in the sport it seems absurd to me can i ask someone yeah when's the last time an nhl player did load management Right. When's the last time? Well, it's going to be like the same 82 games. They have the same 82 games like schedule. missing teeth and uh, escaping okay, well, them places. Those guys are crazy. Okay. I, those guys, I mean, they'll drop gloves. I think I wasn't it the Panthers that dropped gloves the other day and like had what two fights before what even anybody night. touched the puck after hey, that drop? What hey, a weird sport that is. You got you, you to pay the piper. All right. Come on. We it's remember what sport. happened last game. Now you got to pay the piper. That's the way it goes. I'm and really- by the way, not only do NHL players not load manage, Amber, why is it only star players have to load manage? Right. They're the only Notice ones that, who play well, hard? They're the, because, because they're the ones that have the luxury. Because they're the ones they're that the get, only ones get so tired? damn much, and they're the only ones that have the uh, job security that they okay. feel like they can. I'm really bad at math, Zazlo, but the math that I did quickly, we allow them to still be eligible for these awards as long as they don't miss more than 20% of the season, right? So we're still saying, hey, you can, you can miss 20%, and then above that, too much, right? And they're complaining about that, like that's an absurd requirement. That's like the average person who works Monday through Friday taking off. We allow them to take off 52 days, still get paid the same amount of money in a year. You take off 52 days of work, and then you're complaining, because your job won't let you take off 53 or 54 and still be eligible to be employee of the year. Like, that's Draymond what this thinks, is. Draymond thinks the league randomly decided, you know what, this year, out of nowhere, we're going to make you play 65 games in order to get awards. It just, it happened out of nowhere for no reason whatsoever. Right. Yeah, not, not at all, because these guys have totally ruined the NBA by refusing to play, even when... Everyone is is spending their hard-earned money to bring their families to watch you play. Coming up next. I digress. We need to... Go on. We need to calm down a little bit. Go on. Everybody calm down. Everybody calm down. Coming up next. We can continue with this conversation. You can chime into this conversation. We love when you do that. 888-SAY-ES-888-729-3776. Plus, Kevin Durant is making his debut back to Brooklyn tonight. Should he get a video tribute? That's next here on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Got a little worked up there. Everybody calm Last down. segment. Everyone settle down. Nothing works up. Me and Zaslo like a good old-fashioned debate on load management in the NBA. Draymond's out here saying maybe that's why Joel Embiid got hurt last night because he had to go. He was forced to go by the 65-game threshold of winning another MVP. It's just so egregious of us all to And now we've lost one of the faces of the league. Yeah, well, and that, it's so egregious for us to expect them to play 65 of 82. That's just... That's an insane ask when they get paid hundreds of millions of dollars. And then he gets injured with a contact freak injury where Camino falls on him, but somehow it's so, well, maybe Joel shouldn't have been out there. You know what also would help prevent losing the faces of the league? Less punching them in the face, less kicking them in the (laughs) groin, less choking them, less choking them would keep some of the faces of the league on the floor. That would actually be helpful too if Draymond stopped trying to injure the other, <laughs> the other faces of the league. Uh, that is the voice of Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight at Zaslow Show. That's how you find him at Amber W Sports. That's how you find me. I think it was was it Andre Snellings that texted James and mentioned that there is load management in baseball because we were we were saying that this only happens in basketball and he mentioned well there is a pitch count in well, baseball. Here's if I could add real quick to that. Load management in baseball, the pitcher. Okay, fine. If I know in advance, and usually know four, sometimes five days in advance, when your favorite pitcher is going to be on the mound. Yes, is there going to be load management where he gets to a pitch count, he's going to have to leave the game? Yes, that's usually the way it works. But at least I know that coming Mm -hmm. up on Tuesday night, my favorite pitcher is going to be on the mound. So I'm going to buy a ticket. Now, maybe they take him out at 100 pitches, and we're only in the middle of the sixth inning. That stinks. But at least I knew my favorite pitcher was going to be pitching that night. And I got to see him. It's also a management decision, not just what feels like a pitcher decision, right? Like in the NBA, sometimes these decisions just feel like they're so squarely on the shoulders of the superstar. And I know that can be overstating it. I understand that load management stems back to Greg Popovich, and it feels like the mastermind of a coach, not necessarily the players themselves. But a lot of the time, it feels like it's these players that don't want to be out there playing. And with the quote unquote, air quotes, load management in baseball, we also we know what we expect it from that position. And there also is evidence that the pitch count is actually linked to injuries, right? And that's why they don't push the players. Now, given we get these statistics from the NBA, but the statistics that we get from the studies that we've been given is that there doesn't seem to be a correlation between a reduction in injuries and load management in the NBA. There's still a ton of injuries across the NBA all the time, hence Joel Embiid. So it would be like saying, well, Joel Embiid got injured last night because he played. Okay, but then why? Why didn't he bother playing against Jokic? Because wasn't that supposed to help him? Like, wasn't he taking off that game to rest for load management to get his body stronger so that then he doesn't get injured last night, right? But the reality is injuries happened in sports. They happen in these sports. They're contact sports. 
Amber, he's already missed 13 games this year. All right, they played right. 46 total. So what what are we talking? Like, I didn't bring my abacus with me here, but like, if we're doing math, 13 games out of 46, that's, that's a lot of that's a big percentage of the games he's missed so far this season. He's they're not exactly forcing him. 28 percent. He has missed 28 percent of the games. Uh, that's a if lot. Of, that's right. a big percentage of games he's sitting can out you, so far. Can you imagine if you and I had missed twenty eight percent of our work days here at ESPN, and then we were complaining because we they expected us to show up? <laughs> it's like, hey guys, I mean, listen, I uh, I know you had me on the schedule tonight with Amber, but I'm thinking today's a rest day. I, I my voice needs to rest. I have done. I can't tell you how many radio shows I have done where I'm limping along. I barely have a voice. I'm sure you've done many of them with me. You, we both have. Where we're, you know, you barely have a voice. You're limping along. It's coming out. It sounds very different. Can you imagine if to ESPN I was just like, ah, guys, I need to, I need to lo- a couple days off. Voice get a little scratchy over here. I need to load man once every two weeks or so. I'm just gonna take the night off. It's an unbelievable you. thing. And, but by the way, you still have to pay me just as much because yeah. <laughs> you're not touching that Guarantee all that money. money. Guarantee all. Get Look, crazy. I, listen, I'm a game time decision every night. I manage to make it here. I get going. I play. You, you play, and we are grateful for you to that for that. Ian Fitzsimmons out tonight. Jonathan Zaslow, he is in. There is no load management here from Jonathan Zaslow alongside me, Amber Wilson. Triple H, say ESPN. That's how you get involved in this conversation. Lindsay is calling us from North Carolina. Hey, Lindsay, thanks for the call. What do you have on this? Amber Zaz, how you doing? How y'all doing? Yep. Um, good. Sorry. I'm, I'm not going to take stock in a player who's under load management and not going to be up for any awards anyway. Load, load management in air quotes. Um, I'm just I'm – a, I'm a huge basketball fan. I pay to see y'all play. Come on now. Get some heart. Go hit the gym, get your weight up, play the game. You play the game that you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars for. 65 games, I wish I wish I could tell my job, yeah, I'm under the low bands with y'all. I, I can't come in tomorrow. Yeah, okay. All right. Y'all have a great one. Peace. I mean, I yeah, get it. Lindsay like, doesn't want to work back-to-back days. It's inhumane to work back-to-back. It's in, inhumane. It's tough. It's tough for Lindsay to show up back-to-back. He shouldn't be ex- expected to do so, even if he's compensated to do so. I, th- what is interesting uh, about what Lindsay just said, too, is this idea from these players that it's not just that we're asking you to do your job fine, but also that we're asking you to do it for an award, right? Because it's the motivation here. The conversation we're having isn't that Joel Embiid's not going to get paid. The conversation we're having, because he's getting paid regardless, even if he wants to sit in that bench longer. The conversation we're having is that he's not eligible for an award. And Mm -hmm. even if it's not load management, even if a player is legitimately injured for more than 20% of the season, I don't actually have a problem with them not being eligible for the MVP in that scenario. Like, even if it is an actual, somebody breaks his leg and he's not there 35 or 40% of the season, why should he win the award over somebody who was there for 95% of the season? I don't have a big problem with it, even if it's actual injury that we're talking about and not load management. Well, and here's the thing. The 65-game threshold, it's not about awards, It's about trying to get guys on the floor to play so that fans can watch these guys. And the NBA knowing how important all these personal 
not team, these personal accolades are to to today's NBA player, that's the carrots that they dangle over the 65 games. It's not it's not supposed to be about winning awards. It's supposed to be about playing games so fans aren't shortchanged, but ultimately the league knows how much these players care about individual achievements. Right, and who you're dangling the carrot over is also the best players in the NBA. And when we're talking about an MVP, so it's also the players who the only are ones apparently who are susceptible to, to load up. management. And the, the only ones. And exactly, exactly. The problem, the ones who have this problem. Jason in Indiana, you've got 30 seconds. What you got? My 30 seconds. I just flip back to the. You, you go back to the NBA with the uh, the Olympics, okay? When I was growing up as a child, I'm 35 years old. Growing up as a child, I never had ever thought of watching the best elite of the NBA, which I no longer watch. I should we watch college ball because those boys got heart. Those boys got the fire. We miss in the NBA. But you, you're now going to give them the opportunity several years ago to choose whether or not they go to the Olympics to play for their fucking country. Whoa. Oh. Whoa, can't do that. Cannot no, we're curse. We're not in the yard here. Come to, on. Yeah, if I go to you on the phone line, you got to do me a solid and keep it a little clean here on ESPN Radio. I appreciate the call, though. Coming up next, what does the future look like for Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys? We head to the NFL on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We have not crossed the threshold winning playoff games. And it's extremely disappointing to be sitting here talking about it. But I, I know how to win. And uh, we will get over that threshold. And I have total confidence in it. And, and that's why I'm standing here today. Maybe winning is important for Jerry, but not as important as doing it his way. And even if he doesn't get a championship, as long as he's done it his way, he could be content with that. You can't continuously harp on you want to win a championship and you're not making the moves in that direction. Year old owner of the Dallas Cowboys has said that the Cowboys are going to be aggressive this offseason after an incredibly disappointing end to this past season or this current season, rather. But I'm not sure an extension for Dak Prescott is going to be part of this offseason. Certainly doesn't seem like an extension for Mike McCarthy is going to be part of this offseason. Jonathan Zaslow filling in tonight for yeah. Ian Fitzsimmons here on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Nui Scruggs, sports director of NBC5 in Dallas, kind enough to join us. And Nui, thanks for your time. You tweeted out yesterday that Dak is going to secure the bag this offseason. Jerry Jones has no leverage. Explain it to me because recent comments have indicated otherwise from Jerry. All right, Amber. So here's the first thing you got to understand about Jerry talk. One time Jerry had a great line where he says, just because I said it doesn't make it so. That is Jerry. Um, He cannot franchise Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is due 59 point something million bucks, like 59.7 or whatever. So he's due that. If they cut him, it's going to be $61 million in the dead cap hit. So you have to take 30 this year and then 31 next year. And the thing people have to remember, 
Jerry Jones has wandered the desert without a franchise quarterback, and he vowed he'll never do that again. So he's going to pay Dak Prescott because that's what he does. He did it with Tony Romo, and there were people at times who grumbled about Romo the way they grumble about Dak Prescott. Tony Romo ended up signing a contract, last contract, maybe the highest paid player uh, at his position in the game. And then, of course, it got surpassed later on, as all these contracts do. But Dak Prescott has all the leverage, and the Cowboys don't have any. Nui, I'll never understand the dynamic in a football locker room when you have either teammates of the quarterback in this situation or family members of teammates of the quarterback in this situation who will talk about Dak Prescott either not being good enough to be the quarterback of the Cowboys or that he should get out of Dallas. Like, how do, how do you coexist after things are being said like that? Look, I've covered this team. I covered Jimmy's last team that won the Super Bowl, covered Barry's team, covered you know this team since 2000. Um, this is a part of the it's, it's Cowboy drama. It's always drama around here. Um, with the owner not starting it or somebody else does, that's what it is. Um, at the end of the day, uh, players, and they're not the only ones here, players, players' families say things, and it's about how the players respond to it and how they deal with each other. So as long as Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb are fine and Michael Parsons and Dak Prescott are fine, then the rest of it really doesn't matter because the families aren't in there every day. Um, it's unfortunate. And I feel bad for Dak from this standpoint of Dak's a really, really good dude. <laughs> He's a really, really good dude. And, man, he takes some arrows there. Um, I thought Michael Parsons handled it good when his brother came out. There. He's like, hey, my brother doesn't speak for me. Um, I do know some people who have said, well, how come C.D. Land hasn't said anything at all? Um, that That is something curious. have not had an opportunity to talk to C.D. Land, but um, he should be at uh, he should be in Las Vegas, and obviously he'll be there at the Pro Bowl, and there's going to be plenty of opportunities where he's going to get a, a, his chance to, a, to answer about his mother's Facebook comments. I'm sure he will be asked about that extensively <laughs> over the next two weeks. Nui Scruggs from NBC5 in Dallas joining us here on Amber and Ian with Jonathan Zaslow in for Ian tonight. So, Nui, you mentioned there. Dak has all the leverage because he's got the no trade clause. They can't franchise tag him. He's got the $60 million cap hit. Doesn't he also have leverage from this perspective that it's advantageous for the Cowboys to extend him? That's why I was surprised to hear these comments from Jerry. I get it. He's negotiating with Dak behind the scenes. But everybody can see that if you're the Cowboys, because of that insane cap hit, it would be in their best interest, even if it's a short extension, to work something out with Dak to give them some more flexibility in terms of that salary cap. So Jerry Jones said they're going to go all in. You can't go all in if you've got a cap hold of $59 million. Okay, if you want to go all in and go get more players, then you're going to need to lower the number. And, oh, by the way, we're talking about a quarterback who is second-team All-Pro who threw the most touchdown passes in the NFL. I do find some of this talk pretty hilarious. Um, who, who would not want to have a quarterback who, who's had a season like that, who was first year with Mike McCarthy as a play caller, had his best season in the NFL? So, to me, it, it, it's almost, some of this stuff's laughable because I know it's what people like to talk about with the Cowboys, but you wouldn't be talking about any other quarterback in the league who had these who had these types of numbers in this kind of season and wondering whether or not, whoa, should you give him an extension? Yeah, you give the guy an extension. It's going to happen. They also don't have a backup. They have nowhere else to go. That's always a funny one, right, where the fans will want the team to move on from the quarterback, and it's like, all right, but <laughs> who's the next guy? Like, yeah. fine, you want someone better than Dak Prescott, but 
That guy's not just chilling on his couch right now. Nui, let me ask you about the Belichick stuff. How did Jerry Jones come about saying something to the effect of no doubt he would be able to coexist with Bill Belichick? Where did that come from? Asked about it. So Jerry goes to Senior Bowl every year and he does his media scrum. And so, you know, the media who are there, people like Clarence Hill, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, and, and John Mishota, the athletic, they're going to ask the questions. You know, they're going to ask Todd Archer, yes, so they're going to ask the questions. And so, you know, you ask about Belichick and Jerry answers. Uh, Jerry has, Jerry's had a good relationship with Bill Belichick for a lot of, for a lot of years. And, and I think some people who didn't know it were kind of surprised. But they have a healthy respect for each other. And I, I thought Bill Parcells had the greatest line. He says, Jerry can talk a cat off the top of a fish truck. That's how good he is. So could he work with Bill Belichick? Yeah, he worked with Bill Parcells. You know, at the end of the day, Bill Belichick didn't get a job this time around. And, you know, if he wants a job next year and, and, and if the Cowboy job is open, he's going to listen to Jerry. Bill Parcells had a great line when he came and said, the Cowboys are the big top. This is the big top here. And could, could Bill work here with them? Yes, he could work with he could work here with them fine. And when it comes to player personnel, you got Will McClay here, and you talk about the drafting they do. I would say between Kansas City, San Francisco, and Dallas, we talk about homegrown players who make Pro Bowls. Those three, you just look at the numbers. Nobody's doing it better than them. If Bill is going to be the next head coach there, though, he's going to have to wait at least one more season. This is a lame duck year for Mike McCarthy. Were you surprised, Nui, that that's the decision that Jerry Jones made? No, because when Mike lost that game, he put himself in that position. So that was up. That was on him. You know, you went. You you know, you let's say you do what the Lions did. You get to the NFC Championship game. So now you got opportunity to go in there and sit here and say, "Hey, look, I need a contract extension." But Jason Garrett's last two contracts went all the way to the end. So this isn't something unprecedented that Jerry has done before. It's what's happened to the last, you know, what, what he did um, in terms of his, his coaches. He has not gone out and given them contract extensions uh, at all. Of course, Wade Phillips was in the, he ended up being fired. So he never, um, he never got one of them. But Bill Parcells um, ended up leaving the Cowboys before his contract was up. Newey Scruggs, check him out on NBC5 in Dallas. He's the sports director. Thanks, Newey. Thank you. All right. Take care now. I was also not that surprised. I mean, if there was a time to fire, if you wanted an excuse to fire Mike McCarthy, of course, it's off of that unbelievably disappointing loss in the wild card round. And I wouldn't have had much of a problem. I think Mike McCarthy, frankly, is probably a better coach and he gets credit for, but I wouldn't have had much of a problem with firing him coming off of that loss. However, I wasn't surprised. With Jerry Jones, him sort of sticking to the way that he does business. He wasn't going to extend him, but to ride out his contract. I think the reason people were so shocked, Zaslow was not just the gravity of the loss itself, right? How awful mm-hmm. that loss and how embarrassing the loss was. But we went also, through the green list it, yesterday. It was number one. It was number one on Greeny's green list, but also, and it was number one on Zaslow and Amber's green list as well. It doesn't really make sense if we'd call it a green list because our name's not Greeny. I think we'll have to work on that. But uh, also, I think that the way that Jerry Jones handles things, he's putting the pressure on Mike McCarthy, and he must have not been as interested in the coaching carousel as maybe the rest of us were. And Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel are still available, so maybe they'll be available next year anyways. I really think the main thing, and we've seen Jerry is loyal to his coaches. He's also loyal to his players. I think the main thing with Jerry is he likes a coach who he is always going to know 
he's still the guy in charge. He's essentially the puppet master. He is. There's never going to be an argument who's in charge there, Jerry Jones or Mike McCarthy. The same way there was never going to be an argument who's in charge, Jerry Jones or Jason Garrett. And it's why I don't believe a guy like Bill Belichick would ever be hired by Jerry Jones because he could say something like, let me tell you something, Amber, it, it'll almost be disrespectful if Jerry Jones were asked, do you think you could work together with Bill Belichick? Nah, I can't work with that guy. That would be disrespectful to say that. But I don't think that Jerry Jones is ever – and look, Jerry Jones did work with Bill Parcells, all right? But since Parcells, he has not hired a guy who is that, I guess, that big of a personality, that big of a football figure. And you think it would work out after every single game, Amber? Bill Belichick, who keeps a lid on – on everything, everyone in the organization says, Jerry Jones speaks outside the locker room every single week, every single game. He makes appearances on the radio stations there every single week throughout the season. Does that sound like a marriage that would work between the owner of the team and the head coach, Bill Belichick? I always wonder if people overstate that a little bit too much. I mean, we act like all these guys are puppet masters or that he's the puppet master, right? All these guys are puppets that end up going and coaching there. I mean, is Mike McCarthy really a puppet? I I I feel like it seems disrespectful a bit to Mike McCarthy, who is a coach who had success, by the way, before taking the job in Dallas. Now, yes, Jerry Jones is the face of that organization. I don't really blame him for it. If I was spending billions, if I own one of these mugs, Zaslow, you better believe I'd be in front of those cameras. I wish I owned one of those mugs. How cool would it be if we owned an NFL team? How I got if cool you got five on it, I got five on it. We could do this. That's all I've got on it is quite literally five dollars. To be clear, so cool if we owned the team together. It would be really, really cool if anybody else wants to throw in five. We'll get there eventually. We're looking for investors. But if I owned a team, I I don't know if I'm going about it so quietly. Like this idea that owners have to just sit in the suite and be silent and none of us ever hear from them. I think that's a little ridiculous. Now, do I think Jerry should be making all the personnel decisions? And he's largely, by the way, turned over a lot of that power to the other powers that be there and to his son. So he's not the only one making those decisions anymore. He has kind of started that process of stepping back in terms of that. Yes, that's obviously unusual, the controlling of the personnel decisions. Would Bill Belichick be okay with that? It would be interesting to see. If Bill Belichick was there, I would like the fact that Jerry Jones is on the microphones because we sure as heck ain't getting anything from Bill. So, I like, we need Bill to go somewhere with a Jerry. <laughs> like, we need the radio appearances from a Jerry type because we're not going to have any sound bites to use from Bill. And it's the Dallas yeah. freaking Cowboys. We have to talk about them all the it. time here at ESPN. They rate. So, I'm going to need somebody to give us sound bites. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Zaslow filling in, we'll talk about how big of a bully. I'm not saying it, James. You almost got me to say it. James what? Justin just read Tucker. the tease. Just read James it. James has Go ahead, Ron Burgundy. Justin Tucker as the bully on my so screen. Close, I caught it before it came so out of my close. mouth. Travis Kelsey is the bully. ESPN Radio. May need like an hour and a half for this conversation because this one, James Steele, our producer, and I were already fighting about this. During a break. I mean, we were fighting about this thing. If we were in the same place, we might have gone to blows, frankly. We're not, though. I'm in Florida. He's in Connecticut. ESPN has separated us, which makes a lot of sense. They've done so to keep peace in the workplace because, boy, do we not disagree. Do we not agree at all on who was the bully in the scenario of Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes 
tossing Justin Tucker's belongings while everyone's for that AFC championship. It got a little heated. It was very heated before me and James. Very heated. The, there was another. There's another person in the control room, and he left. He didn't want to hear us yell about <laughs> yell about a kicker and a tight end engineer in there. You know, and he's like, "What did I sign up for? Why am I in here?" And this dude's smart. He's just in the back. He's trying to just whatever these engineers do in radio, connect things, wires, whatever they do. I don't know. It's way above my my pay level. It and a salty bunch. Be careful. And and he. You know what that was in reference to. And he was in. Oh, wow. That was inside. inside and he jokes. was in the What's back. What's going on here? That was an inside joke from our old days at 790. The ticket. That was not an inside joke from ESPN radio. So there you go. with Zaslov making a joke that only one person in the world understood. Yeah. Maybe like six me. people thought that was funny. That's who I'm. <laughs> that's who I'm playing. I thought it was hysterical there. Nobody's thinking this situation with Justin Tucker is hysterical. Although Pat McAfee did his best today, I feel like to make some levity of the situation, everybody has addressed this thing. We heard from Justin Tucker yesterday. He basically said that he's been in the league and warming up the same way for over 12 years, and he's never run into a problem with anybody except for Patrick Mahomes in this manner, where Mahomes seems to take a huge issue with the way that Justin Tucker warms up before games. Now, Kickers are allowed to warm up on both sides of the field. I didn't of know weather, that. Of course. Yes. I didn't know they that. They are the only, yes, the kickers and punters are the only players that are allowed to, before the game, warm up on both sides of the field. So you end up warming up if you're a kicker or a punter where the opposing team is. And I guess herein lies the problem. On Pat McAfee today, Travis Kelsey made an appearance. He had also addressed it on his own podcast. And then Patrick Mahomes came into camera as well to discuss this thing. Here was Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and Pat McAfee today on the McAfee Show. Oh! Hey, how are you? Hey, Justin Tucker was going to beat your ass, dude. <laughs> he was going to beat your ass. Me and Patrick were on the sideline in the fourth quarter when Tucker had that chance to cut the lead to one score. If he would have missed that field goal, we were 100% getting a 15-yard flag. But of course, <laughs> you were of course he made it. Of course. He can't let us have any fun. He yeah. have any fun, man. Yeah, and of course. We were, I was 1,000% getting flagged for that one. Could you too. imagine you two sprinting on the field? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your guys' relationship is sweet, too. Yeah. You and Patrick. Uh, you got right An absolutely beautiful thing. That brother need the help. So I don't know what that was there at the end, but that was a very funny exchange because the interview on the McAfee show was just Travis Kelsey. The reaction that you heard off the top was when Patrick Mahomes just made an appearance he popped in. in the frame. He popped in quite literally in the frame. So obviously McAfee, you heard the excitement there from the McAfee crew. And then McAfee says he would Justin Tucker was going to beat your ass, which is an amazing line by Pat that only Pat can deliver. And Travis Kelsey on his podcast Zaslow had said everyone's got a podcast literally everyone has a podcast but this one's kind of popular and also pretty good Uh, he said if you're going to be a bleep I can one-up you every time don't make me out as the bad guy he was poking the bear and I would say he didn't make you out as the bad guy Travis we all saw it you were in fact the bad guy look if, if I'm an alien and I get dropped on earth I get put on that field there in Baltimore, in that moment, and I'm supposed to decipher this situation. You're to ask me, who is behaving like a jerk in this spot? I'm going to look at Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and say, I think those dudes over there were acting like jerks. Of 
force. They threw his stuff while he was working throw out. It. And warming up, rather. Yeah, and it, James it. has this whole theory. James and I were fighting uh, like cats and dogs during the break because Aggressive. James is trying to argue with me. He, uh, he, told, he asked him to move it, and Justin Tucker didn't move it far enough. So it's totally reasonable behavior. At, when you're at a job, by the way, and I get sports is a little different, but I mean, it's still a professional environment to some semblance. Like, I never understand why we act like these guys can act like heathens and also children all at the same time because they play sports. I don't really understand that, why the rules are so different. If this was happening on a little league field, we would all reprimand the kids who actually threw the stuff. We wouldn't reprimand the kicker for being in a, apparently an annoying spot. And Justin Tucker said he's been in the same place for every game for well over a decade of his career. By the way, a future Hall of Fame career. By the way, the best kicker in the entire NFL. Yeah, it's a little bit disrespectful. But but that's the part to me that's interesting where if, if this is his routine, and I didn't know that they could use both sides. If this is his routine every game for 10 years in the NFL and no one's ever had a problem, isn't that all the information we got to know? Yes, it's all the like, information that I need. Now, James is going to say, I know what you're saying as you inch towards that microphone, James Steele. You're going to say, well, Patrick said that the only kicker he's having a problem with in the last seven years is what Justin problem? Tucker. What's the and problem? it's every time they play Baltimore. The problem is I don't like where Justin Tucker is warming up. Again, the rules state that Justin Tucker is allowed to warm up there. And so if he's warming yeah, he up the, the same way, if he's warming up the same way before every single game and the only quarterback in the entire NFL that has a problem with it is Patrick Mahomes, then it feels like actually it's more yeah. of a Patrick Mahomes problem than a Justin look Tucker's the mirror, problem. Sounds like Justin Tucker is being a bully to Patrick Mahomes. That's what it sounds oh like to God. me. I mean, yeah, that's what it sounds like. So listen, let me get this out. He, he wasn't doing any kicking where he was. He was stretching. He had stretch on the Baltimore side of the field. He was setting up. He's the not team. kicking from the goal he line. What kind of kicking is he doing from the goal line? You know that he's not kicking there. The he was stretching. He was warming up, quote unquote, by stretching. observation. He was he was not kicking was from a goal line. A what is kicking from a goal line? What is kicking? The team was just was just standing there. It was set up. It he was wasn't kicking. He wasn't game. kicking from the goal line. You would never he wasn't kicking from the goal line. There's no field. reason for him to kick from the goal line. To a better standard than this, my quite literally, my four and a half year old son. I would applaud my daughters. Some other kids stuff. If they if stood up for their friend, it. like Travis Kelsey stood up you for his never friend. Would. That's total lies. We both would reprimand our children in the same situation, <laughs> but somehow Travis Kelsey is allowed to Justin act like Tucker children. We will not act like children. Coming up next, new. Faces in Seattle.